Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, hostess with the mostest, matcha snob, and unapologetically bad at small talk. Seriously, tell me about your childhood. And I'm Joan Karnashon, queen of messy conversations, skincare junkie, and highly allergic to bullshit. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where together we will navigate the vital conversations that lift shame and shift paradigms. Our deepest desire is to normalize rewriting the narratives women have been taught about pleasure, money, power, sexual expression, and self-sovereignty. So join us each week for unfiltered, raw dialogue that educates, empowers, and hopefully entertains, or at the very least, makes the hard topics feel a little safer. And oh, by the way, when we say women, we are speaking to humans who identify with their divine feminine nature, non-binary royalty, our sacred sluts, the matriarch in the rising, and those of us who are still trying to figure their shit out. You guys know I love a good disclaimer, so here goes. We are not to be mistaken for doctors, lawyers, clinically trained psychologists, therapists, or your mother. But we are someone's mom. If you True. think this data is going well, subscribe to our show. And community means everything to us. So make sure to tell a friend or like all of your friends. Hi, Joe. What's up, girl? How's it going? Oh, you know, I'm just sitting here with my cacao tea. Oh, cacao. You're so fancy. So fancy. So bougie over here. Bougie brew. <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> I mean, speaking of bougie brew, today's episode. Oh, my God. Fun. It was a brew. It was a it was a witchy gathering. Yeah, it, it was. was incredible. And act. And actually, so I know we don't normally read formal bios on the show just because this is such a casual, intimate atmosphere, but because today's guest is a brand new 23-year-old, I just feel like this woman needs to be celebrated for her incredible accomplishments to date. Like when I read her bio, I'm like, how has she, how, when did she, how? How did this happen? Um, so here we go. I'm going to spit this out for you guys real quick, because I think it is worth reading out loud. And if I'd done all this shit by the time I was 23, I would want someone to read it on the podcast. Damn it. So Hannah Siddiqui is a 23 year old writer, educator, and spiritual coach from the sunny San Francisco Bay area. Her purpose in life is to help people uncover their own spiritual power through utilizing the tools of manifestation, positive affirmations, and astrology. On her social media platforms, she coins affirmations, horoscopes, and real-life talks daily, inspiring thousands of people to turn inwards and begin to recognize their own power. As one fan notes, Hana has cultivated a welcoming and inclusive community and has helped people everywhere find their voice and confidence within themselves. Her career began at the tender age of 16, y'all, with the founding of The Road to Hana, a lifestyle blog that quickly gained traction due to her punk rock nature and no-filter attitude. After participating in a national ad campaigns collaboration with some of the world's most notable brands and even giving a TEDx talk in 2017, that is TEDx, you guys, she began to set her sights on photography, which she retired from in 2020 and has worked alongside the likes of Adidas, Facebook, Toyota, and more. As of 2019, she is also a certified meditation and breathwork instructor and teaches both online and in-person at Anchor Meditation in San Francisco, California. Hannah is also a recent graduate of the University of California, Berkeley, having studied sociology and English literature. Go Bears. 
I mean, I mean, come on. And so today, and she's an awesome friend oh my also, gosh. and well, she's an incredible say. mentor to like my daughter and just, she's just an awesome little soul. Yeah. <laughs> and this conversation was my first, uh, in person experience of her, but Joe has been telling me about her for months because she is her, she's basically, she's her astrologist. She's her pocket astrologist. Yeah. She is when Joe's she is down, actually. she's like, I need you to pull up my chart and tell me what's so funny. Is she is my pocket astrologist. She really, really <laughs> fucking is. And I love that term because she's like, I mean, as you're saying that I'm thinking about all the times that like me and Hannah are together and she's like this tiny, cute, like just beautiful, gorgeous Indian woman. And she's younger than me, but she reminds me so much about a lot of the essence of who I was at that age. And it's so funny, like having you read her professional bio. Cause I'm like, damn, she's accomplished so much. And then oh I think God. back to myself too. I'm like, wow, we have like her and I have very, a lot of similarities, which is I think why I was drawn to her without actually knowing her professional bio. That's mm -hmm. the first time I've actually heard yeah. the professional <laughs> bio like listed out, which is really funny. Cause I just know her as, as Hana. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I can tell you, she, she is incredible. And I'm so excited for all of you to hear this conversation, which actually <laughs> takes a real fun unscripted turn where Joe and I decided to have her read our combined chart together to tell us what, uh, basically if there's any future for our, our partnership or our, our friend marriage, um, and we won't spoil the ending because she reads it live and there was a lot there. It's <laughs> a yeah. lot of stuff in there. And, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it was incredible. And I, I know I said it during the conversation too, but I think it's interesting just to observe that if in the last couple of episodes, we've just had some heavy hitters on here, like when it comes to wisdom and truth and embodiment and just, the potency and value of what they're sharing. And it has been really an experience of Joe and I sitting, holding space for their story and their experiences, and then just really letting them take the floor. And yeah. we're not doing like this episode, we are not even facilitating. Like I'm not even going to pretend we did not facilitate <laughs> this conversation. We just had a chat and then she read our chart and I cried because I said something about my baby, which is typical and predictable. And there was just like, it, it was magic, but it was, it, it's very raw and we didn't do anything to shape it. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think, you know, one of the things that I'm uh, just witnessing in the I don't want to say like the evolution of nothing confidential, but just kind of like the, the, the current state of where it's at in terms of who we're bringing on here. It's like, I, I, I'm just imagining us literally in circle mm, in yeah. circle and just having conversation and every, having every single person who's coming on here, just share their wisdom and their guidance. And so we hope you guys enjoy this and learn a little something about the ancient wisdom of astrology and how to possibly use it in your life as a tool for self-discovery, as a tool for self-care, as a tool for self-love, like all the things. Yeah. Cause we didn't take it there as, as far as I originally thought we would, we were, I was thinking we would absolutely look more into how to use this modality to deepen, you know, sexual and intimate relationships. But I think what came out of it was 
if not just as more powerful because we spent a lot of it talking about mine and Joe's relationship. And so often in our lives, I mean, the way we show up in relationship one place is how we show up in all of the places. And so when you take that into consideration, everything is applicable. You can shift it over. You can get in touch with Hannah and have her do readings for your relationship. You could go straight to the source. Like you don't even need us for that. (laughs) Um, But we really were just captivated and uh, in love with looking at um, ourselves and our impact on each other and how the stars literally aligned our friendship and our relationship and our lives going forward. Like this is not a, this is not a short-term relationship that we're in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Long-term relationship that we're in. You know, I think also one of the things that, uh, that I realized in the conversation that we had with Hannah is just how beautiful wisdom can be shared between different women from different walks of life and different ages. Mm -hmm. I mean, this woman is 23 years old Yeah, and she has such grounded wisdom and you guys will hear the way she speaks Mm. and you'll hear her passion and you'll hear the wisdom that she carries in her body and you forget her age. I know that's what it was like for me when I first met her. And I remember the first time meeting her and I like walked away from this event and I was like, this woman is 19 years old. Like, holy, holy fuck. She's that young. And it just was, I mean, she blew my mind. So I'm really, really excited to yeah. Share that, share, share that with, with you all. <laughs> yeah. So we'll let you get into it. We love you guys. We appreciate we love you. you. <laughs> Welcome back everyone. We're so excited. <laughs> Nothing confidential gang. Here we are. <laughs> this is going to be an amazing conversation. We're getting real witchy, real woo woo in the best way about to get a little starry eyed. Uh, and I'm going to actually throw this over to Joe and let her introduce our stunning guest because she has a personal relationship with her and I am just meeting her and girl crushing on her as of today. So <laughs> Joe, take it away. <laughs> Well, I'm super excited to be having this conversation with my beautiful friend, Hana, who's also known as The Road to Hana on Instagram. Her and I, we actually met at a skincare party years ago. And I remember just sitting with Hana, our friend Ashley, and immediately falling in love with this beautiful soul. There was so much about her that reminded me of a younger version of myself. And she happens to be 22, 23 years old now, right? 23, 23 years old. And I remember when I first met her, she was like, I think like 19 or 20. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, I'm going to adopt this kid. She is so freaking wise, so stunning. And then all of a sudden to just watch her unfold into the woman she's become today. And now this incredible spiritual mentor and astrologer, I just was like, holy shit, this woman is just she's going somewhere. She's shooting for the stars and doing things. And I'm just honored to be in this moment with her having this conversation and just sharing all about astrology, the history of it, why it's important and how we can use it as a tool to really help us navigate our sex life and our relationships. Hannah, thank you for being here and thank you for being you. Oh my goodness. Can you just introduce me anywhere I go, any point in my life? Because that was the most (laughs) 
beautiful introduction I've ever had. I like want to cry over here. So thank you both so, so much for having me in this space. I'm so grateful and like so freaking excited to be here. Mm, well, and her yeah. skin is flawless, by the way, <laughs> not just because she's 23 years old. Can we just have snaps for younger women stepping into their fucking power sooner? Like you are clearly just an ancient soul. And as someone who grew up and I'm sure Joe is the same way, like I was a very old soul and this is not my first trip out here. So I think, <laughs> I think that, that feels true of you too. So I'm just really excited to learn from you, to learn from your wisdom and your experiences. And for your earthly age, you have done quite a lot. And I'm so excited to just hear with, for the first time, kind of like how the road to Hana, can you take us down that road? Like what yeah. has brought you, what has yeah. brought you here? Oh my goodness. So if you had asked me six years ago, or rather told me that I would be doing what I'm doing today, I would not have believed you. I probably would have called you crazy um, because I never expected to be doing this. My life has taken so many twists and turns and to kind of put it into, you know, a beautiful and messy journey. When I was in high school, I was training to be a professional ballerina, thought I was going to be a professional ballet dancer, ended up having an injury and a change of heart, realized I don't want to do this. I've been a compulsive writer since I was 12 years old and kind of in the midst of coming out of the ballet world, I had a family member show me a girl who had a blog and she just wrote and traveled the world and talked about her life. And this was before blogging was really a thing. It wasn't what it was today and it certainly wasn't an industry. And this family member was like, Hannah, you should do this. You could be really good at it. You know, you could learn to take photos. You already write. It could be great. And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And so I transitioned my, you know, typical high school Instagram page with like a hundred something followers into kind of like a visual diary of me writing about my life and the photos. I would literally have my mom take a photo of me as I stood in front of my garage before school at like eight in the morning and I would post that. And no, it wasn't the best at all, but it allowed me to get comfortable sharing my life online. And from there, it transitioned to a blog in 2016, which then led me into having a short but sweet modeling career. And then that led me into having a full-time photography career for three years where I worked with amazing influencers and bands and also global brands. And then all the while, while this is going on and I'm having this kind of you know, thriving creative career, at least in terms of like a 20 year old at the time, I'm having this deeply profound spiritual journey that started in 2016 when I really had my quote unquote spiritual awakening. And so I kind of look at my life during that time as two parallel lines where I had the public facing of this career as like an artist. And I had this very private spiritual connection that I was very scared to share. And so really from there, um, it wasn't until the end of 2017 that I kind of got the courage to share this spiritual journey. And the reason I decided to share it then was because I realized it was becoming such a big part of my life that anything else that I was talking about on my Instagram, whether it was you know, sharing my art or my outfit or whatever it was felt superficial knowing I was going through this deeply transformative soul experience. And so I started by sharing some positive affirmations and some short writings about what I was learning and people just 
gravitated towards it and were asking me for more. I mean, I had hundreds and hundreds of DMs of people being like, please talk about this more. Please teach us. Please guide us. And really, it has just grown organically from there. And I never expected that response. Again, I never expected to be doing this, but I fully believe that the universe will redirect you where you need to go. And you know, I'm totally open to following that plan and following my intuition in this process. I love you. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so funny because I'm like, I'm looking at you and I'm like, wow, she is so eloquent with how she speaks. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing that I have always admired about you and have always just, you know, I mean, you, when you walk into a room, you can really like easily shut things down with just your presence of just how grounded and centered it is. And it's just so beautiful. I just wanted to acknowledge that. (laughs) Grounded was the word I was thinking about. I think the, the maturity that comes out comes from just a really deep sense of knowing who you are. And I'm so curious, how did that come to be? Was that a divine gifting? Did your parents play a role in that? Like what helped you at such a tender age be so undoubtedly, unapologetically, unwaveringly like grounded in who you are? It's really interesting because I think it's partially innate and partially how I was brought up. Um, it's really funny because just a couple weeks ago, my mom and my sisters and I were watching all of these videos from when I was like two or three years old, really young. And I was using all these really big vocabulary words and like even spoke really well back then. And it's really interesting because I think it's something that has just always come naturally to me. I am someone who... I'm not proud to admit this, but I doubt myself a lot. And I doubt my ability to do things because I set really high standards for myself and everything. But the one area I've never doubted in my life was my ability to speak and write. And that is the only thing I've ever had like unwavering confidence about. And when I looked back at those videos at two and three, I could see that it was even there then. And to kind of you know, take it from the less, you know, innate side of things to more of my upbringing. My parents definitely had me um, before all of their uh, friends had kids. And so I grew up hanging around a lot of adults. And as I went through school, I didn't relate to people my own age. It was really, really, really tough for me to make friends in school because I didn't feel like I could relate. When my friends would come over, I wanted to hang out with their parents. I didn't want to hang out with them. And even so, like I look at my friendships now and most of my close friends are 10, 15 plus years older than me. And that's just something that I feel comfortable with because for me, I've always valued in my friendships and relationships and connections, maturity and communication and vulnerability and honesty Um, with writing and speaking being so important to me, I think it's just kind of natural that I look for those things in other people. And so, yeah, to kind of go back to your point, I think it's partially innate. I think it's partially the way that I was raised. And I don't know a time in my life where this hasn't been kind of like the truth for me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. You know, you mentioned a lot about the like background, uh, spiritual journey that you're on that nobody really saw. And, you know, now I know you as, you know, I mean, I just know you as you are, but also in that you and I have had so many conversations around astrology 
we have a project coming out in the near future on sex, love and stars. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just really curious, where did the love or the wisdom or just the passion for astrology come into your life? Yeah. So really my, I would say passion for astrology came about in the beginning of 2018. Um, growing up, I was always interested in astrology, but I knew astrology how most people know it. So I knew like horoscopes in the back of 17 magazine and <laughs> stuff like that. And I'm, I'm an Aries son. And I remember I would read horoscopes for Aries and I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, this is awesome. And I want to believe this, but I don't sound like this. Aries was described as really bold and brash and mean. And I was like, I'm really quiet and sensitive. And I have a lot of feelings. This doesn't make sense for me. And so when I was, um, I believe I was 19 or 20, something like that in 2018. I'm bad at math, but, um, <laughs> I was gifted an astrology reading with an astrologer here in Berkeley for my birthday. And I remember going into that reading, kind of not knowing what to expect. And this woman had like 30 years of experience. She was really, really well regarded. And I went into that reading and I remember the first thing she had me do was I sat down and she was like, okay, for the first 20 minutes of this session, you're not going to talk. I'm just going to tell you things. And I'm a pretty, it's funny because like during this conversation, I probably seem like a very open book, but I keep a closed circle when it comes to the people in my real life. And so I was expecting her to say very superficial things and like things about my interests or maybe my hobbies or, you know, type of people that I go for, whatever it was. And within those 15 minutes, my jaw hit the floor because she was uncovering so many patterns about myself. So many things from the way that I speak to the way that I cope in really, you know, difficult situations to my relationship with my family to, you know, the type of people that I go for and attract. And it was so detailed. And I was absolutely blown away by how much she could tell me just from looking at a chart. And it was from there that throughout that reading, I realized that it was so much more than just learning about myself. It was being able to honor and have compassion for all parts of myself. I understood why I was sensitive. I have a Pisces stellium. I have four planets there. So I've got a lot of water going on. Um, and I could understand the different experiences in my life, my reaction to them and why I was the way that I was. And I walked away from that reading, having a new sense of love and compassion and empathy for myself. And so I really became a student of astrology from there on out. I went out, I bought some astrology books. I wanted to learn because I wanted to bring people home in the same way I'd been brought home. I wanted to give people that feeling that I had. And to this day, that's still my overall ethos in my work is to make sure that people can get closer to that same sense of self-love that I got from my first reading. Mm. And I resonate with so much of that. Like when you first started talking about just finding your sign and reading about it, your sun sign and reading about it and being like, this doesn't sound like me. Like that was my yeah. experience for so long. And I just remember reading and saying, I think I kept looking for explanations why it was wrong. You know, like I'd heard there was like two different calendars. And so like one of them, like everything is shifted. So maybe mm -hmm. really you're like the, the sign before and not the one that you're like reading from. And because mm -hmm. I always 
so, so much about me is very Gemini and I couldn't understand why, like I was a cancer, but nothing cancer, especially as like a teenage, early twenties made me sense to me. Part of that is because I was not able or willing to embrace that piece of my identity yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was definitely where my son was. Turns out that I have a Gemini moon, but Mm -hmm. then just recently, which is yes, your emotions and sexuality and all of these fun things have to do with that. Mm -hmm. And I am excited to hear you explain that, but something I just learned about (laughs) it's like (laughs) a 30 year old is literally, I was like, oh, and then there's a rising sign, which is different (laughs) than your sun sign and your moon sign. And I'm like, what the fuck does your rising sign? Like, what does that have to do with it? And like, why is it there? Like, I just, I don't know. Like, that's, I guess my first question is like, can you explain to people who don't know anything about astrology, like the difference between like the three primary things people are pulling from for your sign? Totally. So those three are often referred to as the big three, the sun, the moon, or the rising or the ascendant. The terms are used interchangeably. You can use either one. I get a lot of questions on that, but they're all the same. Um, And so I like to start with your son as kind of like a big picture overview of who you are. Imagine if like you're in an airplane and you're looking out at the land and you can see it from a very like wide perspective. You're not seeing all the nuanced details. That's what your sun sign is. It's like taking the entire chart and condensing it into one sign. It's your ego. It's your dominant personality. Again, it's a good bird's eye view of things but you're missing all the little details on it. So that's really your sun. And then your moon, like you said, is your emotional self. It's your sensual self. It's how you process your feelings and your emotions. It's also your feminine energy um, as the moon also pertains to the mother. So we can kind of look at the moon too as our ability to mother ourselves. In my opinion, the moon is very indicative of our own self-care and self-growth. Um, And so the moon is really important to understanding ourselves on an emotional, energetic, and also kind of a spiritual level as well. And then we have the ascendant or the rising. And in my opinion, I think the ascendant is the most important placement in your chart. Um, The ascendant is always sitting at your first house and your ascendant represents kind of your core values. I like to describe it to my clients as, you know, it's like the cockroach that survives the apocalypse. Like when shit hits the fan, when your life has just completely spiraled out of control, it's the part of you that remains unchanged. It's your inner being, it's your core, it's your center, it's your rock. Um, Some people describe the ascendant as like the mask you wear and how other people see you. I think that is very true. I think oftentimes when people meet us, they will see our ascendant come out more um, until they get to know us and then I'll see our son come out more as well but yeah the ascendant I would really say is the most important placement in astrology and granted they're all important and other astrologers will probably argue with me on this but I think it's the most important because it really does represent like the core of who you are yeah you it's- said uh Oh, go, go ahead, ahead Joe. <laughs> no, no, no. Go, 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 go. It's like, which makes me so uncomfortable because I've spent all of my like magazine reading time, like focusing on cancer and Gemini because I know about those. And so now this yeah. like Capricorn has come out of nowhere and I know nothing about Capricorn. And I'm like, what the fuck does Capricorn even do? Oh my God. It's like the most important thing about me. Like I don't know. <laughs> you and Chris need to have a conversation. You two are caps. <laughs> Fun fact, when it comes to horoscopes, horoscopes are technically written based on your rising sign. They're rarely ever written based on your sun sign. 
hilarious. Oh, so that's why all of them literally feel wrong. I'm like, none of these are speaking my language right now. Like none same. of these. I'd be like, this does not feel accurate. I don't, I'm like, this is from five years ago. Like, I don't know where this came from. Oh my God. It's, it's so funny. I think about like how we are, we're all like, yeah, when we were reading our original sun signs, we were like, oh, people, people, we, we didn't feel connected to it. And I would always remember telling people as a Scorpio and the first thing they'd say is like, oh shit. Okay. Okay. You guys are crazy. And I'm like, yeah, but I also have a lot of Libra in me. <laughs> and so I've got that balanced like sense of self at least. You know, it's 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 really interesting because you said something about just like other astrologers. And I know in conversations that you and I have had um privately, there's a lot that you've told me about just the history of astrology and mm -hmm. also the different types of astrology that people can either draw from when they do your chart reading and all that stuff. Can you dive into that? Because I I remember when we had that conversation, I was like, this is fascinating. So not all yeah. astrology readings or chart readings are the same and not everyone reads from the same place. So can you yeah. just share more about that? Absolutely. So a lot of people, especially in the West, see astrology as something that's just kind of woo-woo for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Kind of hate that term, but we're going to use it here. Um, they see it as woo-woo. They see it as something that is very much just like a personality typing. Like you fit into one of these categories. And I often see astrology associated with like the Myers-Briggs or like the Enneagram. And what sets astrology apart is one, it is definitely not personality typing because astrology is so much more nuanced than that. Every single chart that you see will be different. There is no two people who have the same chart. Even twins, even triplets have slightly different charts. Um, because astrology takes into account so much more than just your sun or even your moon and your rising. There are so many different planets and asteroids. And then if you really want to get into it, like fixed stars as well, that can play a huge role and tell us different things and different facets to who we are. Then there's the aspects and the houses and the degrees. Like it really does become so nuanced. And astrology as a practice was seen as a valid scientific practice in Eastern tradition. Um, I'm Indian. And so I've found a cultural connection to kind of my heritage through my practicing of astrology because India practices astrology as a means for making big decisions. It's used when evaluating, you know, marriage partners or when starting a business or, you know, when investing or buying a home, like astrology is used to make big decisions. And even in China with the Chinese zodiac, that's been really important. And I was also reading recently that Egypt utilized astrology in some capacity as well. So in Eastern societies, astrology is really seen for this nuanced level you know, education that it provides. And oftentimes astrologers were taught, it was like oral tradition. It was taught and passed down from a master to a new student. And that was how astrology um, was really at its foundational level. And then it came over to the West and it became commercialized and like commodified. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we have, you know, horoscopes and entertainment astrology. And I also want to say, like, it's not to knock that. There is a time and place for that. And it's really fun. I love me a good astrology meme. I it's so fun. I love sending them to my friends. But I think that's where we have to really break the stigma of what astrology is and mm -hmm. differentiate it. That's super fun. And you can totally enjoy that but also know that's not the astrology that many astrologers are practicing and so 
with that, there are so many variations of astrology that, you know, on a nuanced level take into account, like the way the houses are constructed and the planets we consider. And it's, it can get so, so detailed, but essentially there's different types. So there's tropical astrology, which is Western, which is what I practice. Um, and then within tropical, there's also modern or traditional. I practice modern. Um, there's sidereal astrology, which considers a, you know, 13th sign. Um, and that's used more in the East Vedic astrology, which is also Indian astrology. There's Hellenistic, which is Greek. Um, and that's a more traditional one as well. And then there's different variations and types within those. So every astrologer is going to have their own unique subset and reading. Um, I've gotten readings from astrologers pretty much all across the spectrum. And what's kind of cool is like having that experience myself they all kind of say the same thing, but they interpret it and get to that answer in a different way. So basically all the different types of astrology are just different routes to get you to the same destination. So mm. it really is just about which one resonates for you. And if you're you know, looking for an astrologer, I just recommend finding one that practices a medium of astrology that you just are really interested in. Mm. It's so fascinating. <laughs> well, it is. And it just, it, it brings awareness to really, I feel like there is just reverence and respect missing, especially in Western culture around it, because it has, it's become this like fun thing you do like in magazines or on apps even, and you get it tattooed places. And, you know, Joe and I decided that we were not going to jump into appropriation today, but it is something (laughs) that has been, you know, it's a yet another thing that comes from just a very rich line of people that is peoples that are incredibly Mm -hmm. sacred and that are steeped Mm -hmm. in tradition and so much wisdom. And it's just really been, uh, it's been made just such a shallow, you know, Mm -hmm. case or molding of what it really is. Like there's such depth and beauty to it. And so I'm really excited just to know more about that history and to have you as a resource to share Mm -hmm. with our audience. And um, it's just, it's, it's really special and interesting. And it makes me curious though, because you're talking about like all the different, all the different kinds and everything. So Joe and I decided this is also totally unscripted that we were going to have Hannah read our charts today, like on the show right now with you. Mm -hmm. And she was going to look at our intersecting charts, like what our partnership looks like. So we actually don't know (laughs) if our chart spells out like disaster and epic despair. So if that is the case, that will be awkward for all of us, but yeah. Yeah. But um, you know what, this is where we we like (laughs) to have nothing confidential. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to do that. And that kind of leads me to my other question is like, when you're there's all these things. I'm going to make you the host, Hannah, so you can like take over here. When you're like looking at charts, I mean, there's so many things to look at. Like, what are you seeing? I, you know, like that, that's a big question, I guess. There's like a ton of stuff, but I'm like, there's all these houses and all these things. I'm like, what information are you actually seeing when you look there? So it's really interesting because again, I think every astrologer will interpret this differently. But for me, I see the chart like a puzzle. So I see all the different pieces and I'm like, what are the stories that are trying to come through? So I always set a little prayer intention before I go into any chart reading because my readings are very intuitive. So it's okay, here's the tactical knowledge of this means this. But in the greater context of the story, this is what I think it means. And this is how it comes into play. And 
often you know my my intuition my inner being will give me visuals and I'll see really clear um like messages or scenes like in my head as I'm reading and it could be something as simple as you know I'm seeing someone like for example, walking through a forest. And this, I think, represents this and this based on the chart. So it's very intuitive. Um, I take a very spiritual approach to it, but I feel like it helps to kind of visualize the chart as just a big story where you have all the pieces out and you're just arranging them in an order that makes sense. So for me, when I go into a chart reading, I usually go into the chart reading totally blind. Um, I pull up the chart ahead of time and then I don't look at it. I set my intention. And then when I get into the reading, I look at the chart and I usually just start where my eyes are drawn and I build from there. Okay. Yeah. Do you have anything to say before she looks at our No, The only thing I think I, I wanted to say was just, you know, there's, I, I remember for myself and I'm just giving permission to anybody listening to this and is finding a calling or a weird like, yeah, just a little knock on your soul's door of like, hey, come back home to this information. Because I remember m during my own wellness journey and during my whole entire awakening journey, there was a moment where I fell back in love with astrology. But then I was also shamed by the people around me because it was this this, this tool that I wanted to use as a form of, of, of utilizing it in my own self-discovery process. And for anybody who's listening and who might feel that same fear of whether or not people are going to shame you or judge you around the idea of wanting to use a tool like astrology, because it's more of a spiritual base. I just want to give you permission to say, fuck those people yeah. and step fully into it <laughs> Big time. <laughs> because, you know, I just, I mean, I, I, I look at, I look at you, Hannah, and I'm hearing the way that you speak about this. And I know the way that you use this as a tool mm -hmm. and I know how I now use it as a tool in my own life. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I had, I wish I gave myself the permission to say, fuck mm -hmm. those people mm -hmm. at a much younger age. Yeah. Because there was something about astrology that I always was like, but this all makes sense. The sun, the moon, the stars are all up here. And the rest of Western culture calls this, this like witchy ass bruja practice mm -hmm. that shouldn't be used and it's like why people who've been on this planet have been using it for centuries well and as the white blonde american here i will say that because um christianity and western culture is based in the patriarchy and white supremacy that uh demonized literally everything from the east from anywhere besides the great west that was taken over and so like for my i know i've got a lot of my little like previously churched babes deconstructing over there and I see you and I love you and like you can hear your mom's voice right now being like that's witchcraft watch out and I'm like I just to me that should never made sense because I'm like if God goddess the divine spirit like who created the earth and all of these things it's like the moon and the stars like what could be a more poetic and ancient way of learning anything or being in tune and connected to anything I just, I'm like, literally guys, critical thinking. Let's, let's just use our brain. Um, but just to reiterate what Joe said, like this is such an incredible tool for self discovery and realization. And it's, you know, our show is always like, it's a la carte, like take what serves, leave yeah. the rest. But I have just, even in the um, tiny teeny, like Q-tip amount that I know about it, like it is, it is such a beautiful lens through which to look at things. And I'm just really excited to hear this reading. That's about yeah. And jump into our charts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Me too. And before I get into it, this is a conversation for another day, but um, <laughs> Michael has many astrology references, starting with the three wise men who were astrologers. Right? So, my God. <laughs> Come know. on, guys. Yeah. And also <laughs> one thing I like to tell people too, who are like sliding into my DMs, like the moon doesn't affect how we are. It's like, okay, well think about in terms of science, the <laughs> moon affects the ocean and we're 70% yep. water. Yep. So why wouldn't it affect we us? Use that all the time. <laughs> I'm like, just <laughs> same. same. <laughs> Common sense, people. Common sense. Exactly. All right. I'm going to share my screen with you guys so you guys can see your chart and we'll go ahead and dive into this. This is so fun and also so scary at the same time. I'm so like, fun and oh scary. my God. <laughs> I'm like, all I see is a bunch of red and blue that are like heavily intertwined. <laughs> so what we have here is a synastry chart and a synastry chart is a way of analyzing any relationship. So romantic, platonic, um, business relationship, familial, whatever it is. And basically what it does is it takes two natal charts and it just stacks them on top of each other and analyzes the intersections between them. And so one little thing, I'm just going to go on my spiel for just a second, is that people come into synastry readings and they're like, what if it says my relationship is bad? That's not what synastry is going to do. Um, when you're looking at a synastry chart, it's important to kind of note that there is no dynamic, no matter how, you know, astrologically opposing it may be, that is not able to be worked through. It really just depends on the two people and how willing they are to do the work. So there is no synastry chart or even natal chart that's like doomed or destined for anything bad. It's just all about potential. And that's what the chart as a whole represents is just this is the potential for the way the relationship could be, you know, if certain things happen and fall into place. So so for those of you worry. trying to use today's horoscope to break up with your boyfriend, like just take <laughs> Not, responsibility, <laughs> take responsibility for what you want. Okay. <laughs> exactly. All righty. So um, Kristen, your chart is here in red. And Joe, your chart is here in blue. So these are your placements, Joe. Um, you have your houses in the center. And then this is how Kristen's chart and her houses intersect with yours. And so the first thing that my eye is drawn towards is this beautiful con conjunction between Kristen's Juno and Joe, your Saturn. And I just want to check the degrees real quick of this because I want to see how close it is. So Joe, your Saturn is at nine degrees Scorpio and Kristen's Juno is at nine degrees Scorpio. So it's literally conjunct almost to the minute too. So literally you can think of them as sitting right on top of each other. Now, this is really cool and interesting to me because for Kristen, Juno is an asteroid and she represents marriage and the archetype of the wife. Um, and Saturn is really interesting, Joe, because Saturn represents a couple of different things. Saturn gets a bad rep because it's often seen as like constraints and boundaries. However, Saturn can also be, you know, wealth, hard work, discipline, and it can represent institutions so when you guys say that you were married in a past life I mean <laughs> I see it here especially in the second house um where Joe has her Saturn second house is the house of money and kind of career but it's money and it's material assets um and the 11th house where Kristen has her Juno the 11th house is the house of like groups and social communities um, and kind of like other people. So this kind of represents to me definitely like 
you know, like a work wife situation. Or, sure. We are um, logically work wives, you guys. It's like a, oh, yeah. This is way beyond Facebook official. So this is way like, beyond. <laughs> this is um, a really actually great aspect for two people who are going to be working together because, Joe, it's almost like you bring kind of like the, the, vision but also like the discipline and the execution that's going to be your kind of strength is like this is how this is how we need to get from point a to point b this is how we're going to do it and you have that kind of strategy there Kristen, yours is more of like but how do we get this to the people how do we get this heard how do we get this seen how do we take these great ideas and package it into a vessel and send it off into the world and that's kind of how your dynamic works um, what's interesting oh here is you both have Pluto as well. So Joe, you have Pluto conjunct your Saturn. Kristen, you have Pluto conjunct your um, Juno. Pluto is the planet of sex, death, and transformation. Um, Pluto is like really big changes, really big transformations. So I definitely see for both of you, this kind of partnership happening, you know, in the midst of, or kind of after big transitions for you both. And to have this work be in the topics of, you know, sex and relationships, especially because this is all in Scorpio. Scorpio is the planet of sex, for lack of a better term. And Pluto <laughs> is the planetary ruler of Scorpio like it just makes sense it just makes sense it just makes sense it's one of those where you're like oh yeah this this whole I'm thing totally makes so sense far. I know so far <laughs> if you guys if you guys could see us me and Kristen are both like trying so like hard red. to like, like <laughs> what's it like I'm getting hot over here I know I'm sweating out my armpits I need to take off my cardigan it's hilarious <laughs> Am I calling you guys out? Yeah, I mean, a in lot. such good ways, but oh, it's like way. it's one of the it's one of those things where you're like, oh no, yeah, this makes total sense. I'm just the, thinking of like smoking. literally every time Joe's in, we really need to like organize this, and I'm like, great, not my strong point. <laughs> I'm like, I need the community to understand that. She's like, okay, well, I'll make a form, and then you tell them where it is. I'm like, okay, perfect. <laughs> exactly so you guys are right on purpose with that and you can take that as confirmation that like you're doing everything right you're good great Um, love that for us so another place I want to move to is your guys's part of fortunes so Joe yours is at 10 degrees Pisces Kristen yours is at 11 so they're just within one degree of separation super closely conjunct part of fortune does kind of represent success in a nutshell um, and you have it um, Joe in the sixth house, Kristen in the third house in Pisces too. So the big message that's coming through to me really strongly here is in order for you both to find success in working together, Joe, your strength is going to be the embodiment of it. Like the, how do I want to describe this? Like, because the sixth house is like our health and wellness, it's our physical body. So physically moving into that space with your body and guiding Kristen there as well is going to be really important. And just knowing you so well, I know you have a lot of embodiment practices that you do and that you teach. That is your vessel for carrying this to success. Now, Kristen, Yours is in the third house. Third house is traditionally ruled by Gemini. Third house is more concrete knowledge. And by concrete knowledge, I mean more like, you know, 
textbook knowledge, like things that we have like proof for. Um, it's communication with others, it's technology. It's a little bit more tactical. So while the sixth house you could say is more about the body, the third house is more about the mind. So it's kind of bridging that connection of taking those embodiment practices and okay, how do we take the magic that's cultivated here and kind of spin it into a more, how do I, how do I even say this? I wanna say like, digestible way but a way that just makes sense to people and so that's where your guys's dynamic is going to be really important so it's starting over here in the kind of building phase of this juno and this saturn conjunction it's building here and then it's growing here with the part of fortunes of okay but then we have these two individual ways of approaching these ideas we're going to bring them together in this mind-body connection it's going to be super important and then i really see this as like a three-part process when we come up here to Kristen's moon conjunct joe's north node in the ninth and the sixth houses in gemini so the north node which joe has in the ninth house is kind of like your destiny star it's like what you're here it's it's basically like what you're here in this lifetime to learn or accomplish and oftentimes the north node is a very difficult um kind of lesson for us to embody because the north node sits opposite the south node and the south node is our comfort zone it's what we've mastered in many lifetimes we're really really good at it but the north node is what we're meant to learn if we believe as i do that you come into this lifetime to learn to grow your soul has an evolutionary journey the north node is kind of indicative of what is that journey going to look like in this lifetime and where are you headed if you choose to accept your mission on earth in this lifetime. And so the North Node in the ninth house, the ninth house of spirituality, higher consciousness um, for you, Joe, especially conjunct the moon. Again, we've talked about the moon being our emotional self, our sensual self. Yours is really learning how to kind of step out of and break free of dogma and move into this realm of higher thinking of, you know, expansion is the big word here, expansion and liberation, emotional liberation with that moon there. But I think it can also represent sexual liberation as well. And I know that it's very on purpose for you. And Kristen, with your moon there as well, I see this being... I see this being really beneficial in this journey. Like you are going to be emotionally and physically really supportive for Joe in this purpose and working together is going to help you both, both to fulfill your own purposes, but it's specifically also going to help Joe in fulfilling that North node. Now for you, Kristen, you have your North node in the second house in Joe's fifth house in Aquarius. Aquarius is definitely known as like the, they're like the rebel. They're like the people who kind of go out and forge their own path. They're also the social beneficiary. So they want to kind of like help people in the world. They want to make an impact. Um, and I definitely see that being really, really important for you. And I think that that is part of this aspect as well. But I do see that there's this overall theme of Again, liberation and expansion are the words that come to mind. And I see that being really important in this mission here. It's like, yes, you guys have this beautiful podcast, this beautiful community, but it is so much more than just that. And there is so much more happening, whether it's visible or not. Mm. I, have, mm. I have like a quick question. 
Yeah. So my, like my North node. So my like hard thing, my thing to learn is over in Aquarius. Mm -hmm. My daughter is an Aquarius, was born in Aquarius. And then Joe has a daughter in Aquarius. They have the same birthday. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like, does, does anything, I don't know, like do any of the signs like represent, I just feel like I have this incredibly cosmic tie like to my daughter and like she's so much part of mm-hmm. Ugh, makes me cry mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's so much part of my destiny it's like does she show up in my chart or like do those things like do they reflect on each other I guess I'm asking yeah absolutely so there's this belief astrologically that your children are born into sun signs that mirror the lessons that you need to learn. So mm, each of the signs sense. has their own lesson to them. For example, um, Sagittarius is about expansion and freedom. They're the ruler of that ninth house. Um, Aries is all about independence and self-worth. Pisces is all about a deep spiritual connection, et cetera, et cetera. I could go on about these, but each sign has its own lesson that it's supposed to learn um, or that the native is supposed to learn. Furthermore, each of the signs kind of teaches us something about a different area of our life. And there's this belief that children or that our children come in as signs that are meant to mirror to us the lessons that we need to learn. So oftentimes they come in and they aspect our chart in certain ways. So your daughter being, you know, an Aquarius sun and that sun, you know, I'd have to see how close it is to that North node, but arguably close enough is definitely an indication that part of your purpose here was to raise her. And you normally when we look at children, we look at the fifth house and just looking at your fifth house, you do have it in Taurus. Taurus that is that traditional ruler of the second house. So it's like your, it's really confirmation that like being a mother was part of this purpose and still is and raising her is going to bring forth some sort of expansion, but also what is the word I want to use here? It's hard because I'm not looking exactly at your natal chart. So if I was looking at your natal chart, I'd be able to give you a more concrete answer. Yeah. But I would say that it's here to bring forth some sort of new new purpose and new drive in life because you have Mars there in the fifth as well. Mars is the planet of passion and drive and ambition, um, assertiveness. It's here to bring you a new drive. And Taurus is a sign that is incredibly stubborn but incredibly loyal and loving you're ruled by the planet of venus they just want love and so your love is kind of like the vessel to ignite a new passion within you and help her carry her towards hers as well oh you're ruining me (laughs) dead oh my god well i'm just like i also can't it's so funny because we've had joe and i have had so many of these moments of even though astrology is not like the other kind of personality modalities, it's not the same thing, but it's like, we've had, you know, when it comes to um, human design, like we have mm-hmm. the exact same human design profile, like we're wow. a six, two, like there's those number combos, there's a billion of them. And it's like, we're both a six, two generator. Mm-hmm. And then like, we have daughters born on the same day under the same sign. It's like, we definitely have so much like interactive, like overlapping happening. And just like looking at this is blowing my mind a lot right now. 
<laughs> I mean, there's so much more we could get into, but I feel like, you know, we could be here for like two hours. Yeah, talking totally. <laughs> but those are some of the big aspects that really jump out at me as like the most important, you know, for lack of a better term, defining aspects yeah. of your guys's dynamic. Yeah. I mean, thanks for doing this for us yeah. and such like impromptu <laughs> right. like notice and on air, like and on air for everyone to listen because I think I think I think one of the things about this and you know, obviously I wish everybody could see the charts, so they can understand like what it actually looks like yeah. and what we're all looking at. But knowing knowing how you use astrology as a tool to not only talk about our compatibility as friends, but you know, on a deeper level, not just like are we compatible as friends? It's like, no, actually here are the ways in which each of these um, moons or planets and houses make sense as to what is your mission here on fucking earth, which I always like think is, you know, like I always like say relationships are going to be our greatest teachers in life if we choose them to be like, if we allow them to be the greatest teachers and every single person who's come into my life is a great teacher. Hannah, you are a great teacher to me. Kristen, you've always been a great teacher to me too in our our friendship. And, you know, it's one of those things where I'm always like, like when you see a chart, when you see physical representation of something, you're like, shit, this makes sense. This all makes sense. Well, it's just like putting in front of your face. It's like, we all have just kind of like you said, Joe, before talking about just if you're feeling nudged to like come home to this wisdom, it's something that's so deep inside of us. Like we already know, like there's pieces in here. And as she's saying them, I'm seeing like pictures and instances that like prove that these things are true. Like I'm seeing physical representations. Like I've seen this play out in my life. I know that these things are true. Mm -hmm. And I think it just has a really beautiful reminder. It's like zooming out and thinking about how you know, people truly are like brought into our lives for a reason. Like nothing is accidental, you know, like I, the fact that me, my little sign floating on into Joe's little sign is like very (laughs) supportive of her actually doing her purpose. Like I'm here to help her fulfill her purpose in the world. And that's not like, this isn't just base level friendship shit. This is like, no, like I was sent in here to do something really specific And I'm even thinking about how just our two giftings and how the way that we do things, like you could not be more spot on as far as Mm -hmm. Joe being so embodied, like she's constantly like shaking her ass on her Instagram, like like dancing (laughs) around. And like, there is a part of me that at least once a week is like, oh, I wish I could do that. But like, it's just not me. That's not how I flow. And yet like I, my clients over and over and over, they're like, you just make this make sense. Like that's my gift is to take this thing that sometimes feels really whimsical. And like, if, if you can't flow like Joe, it's just kind of like, I don't understand how to make this, like how to really grasp onto it. And that has been my gift. And so I think just seeing that on paper, seeing that like, that is how I give information. And this is how she gives information. And part of it is that she draws me into that. She gives me the desire to improve that part. Then I also add like tangible access to some of her more like whimsical things that you might not be able to get a hold of if you didn't have someone to kind of like break that down. It's just really beautiful. Like it's really, really beautiful to see the value of our unique strengths just in such a straightforward way. I mean, straightforward might be a stretch. There's a lot of like, (laughs) there's a lot going on in this chart, but it's the way you explained it is very straightforward. I mean, I think it's straightforward. (laughs) (laughs) To an astrologer, it is straightforward. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think one of the things too, like this, you know, this little mini reading that we had here also shows how incredibly gifted you are and passionate you are in being able to read this and reading it in a way that feels intuitive and then also feels like it just makes sense based on that. And I mean, I always say, I've always like said, you know, my, my kids are made of stars. Like we're all made of fucking stardust, you know, like that, that saying, and then, and reading this, seeing this obviously makes more sense to that. Like, it's like, yeah, no, we are. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. we are. We're made out of a bunch of planets and houses and shit like that. Yeah. So what I'm trying to like, think of a way to, to frame this question, Joe, if you hear it clearer than what I'm saying and and re-put it out there, but essentially, so this is obviously a powerful tool. Like anybody listening, such a powerful tool for not only just validating the things that you're like deep, your deepest um, intuition already knows, but this is so validating for points of connection and celebration in relationships. So say it's a romantic relationship or a sexual partnership. This could be very validating and exciting, but obviously this is giving you information all across the board and spectrum, right? So you're also seeing points of pain, points of tension, points of um, potentially like trauma activation and things like that. Like, I think I'm wanting to hear a little bit about what is possible or accessible when you're using such a potent tool as this on like a romantic sexual relationship. You know, I think it's really kind of understanding your partner on the individual level and their own needs, their pain points, their traumas, and seeing how that plays into your own. So for example, we can see in the chart, like, I don't see any kind of in your guys's dynamic, but for example, we could see if someone's, you know, childhood trauma would potentially trigger someone else. Um, When we're looking at sexual compatibility, we want to look at Mars signs um, in particular. So Mars, again, is the planet of like passion, drive, ambition, aggression. It's also sexual energy. So Mars is really important. And we want to see harmonious aspects between there in terms of looking at sex. And Pluto too, to an extent, but Pluto's generational. So it only moves about once a generation, it moves into another Mm -hmm. sign. So, you know, chances are you're probably going to have similar Plutos to someone that you're in a relationship with. Um, And if not, that's cool too. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Mars. We are not sexually compatible based on this chart. There's no no blue (laughs) over there with my red. (laughs) Not in this lifetime. No, you have, you do have, I was going to say the next important one is the moon's really important, but then Venus as well. Venus, the planet of love and beauty and kind of all things beautiful in this world are deeply feminine and playful, fun, receptive energy. Mars is giving, Venus is receiving. And so we want to look at those two as well. So, I mean, you know, Kristen, you do have your Venus pretty close to Joe's moon. I mean, I think <laughs> That's My Venus good. is close to your moon. Did you hear that? What position is that? Do I have? I'm like, I think you have to turn around. <laughs> Do I have consent to put my Venus near your moon? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm totally doing this with Mike, though. Like my actual husband. I need to, like, you're going to wait. You're going to ask partner, to put I your Venus to... in his moon? Well, no, I want him to put his. Never mind. No. I'm like, no, but I want to see our, I want to see our sexual compatibility so that we can laugh about it. <laughs> really 
would, I mean, okay, so you do have, so each of the signs, you can see that there's these three little subcategories under each one. Those are called the decans. So those kind of break up each of the individual signs into three different categories. Again, oh we're diving a little bit deeper. So much <laughs> and nuance. So, well, so we do have, so your Venus, okay, Kristen's Venus and Joe's moon. I have to remember that people aren't looking at this chart, right. so I can't just I like wave picture, my mouse around so and be like- when this comes out, I'll put it on my Instagram so people can have a little, <laughs> they can at least see what we were looking we should, at. We should try to like link it somehow in the we show should, notes. Yeah. Good, yeah. So they can come watch the video. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you do have it in Gemini and Gemini, you know, gets a bad rep for being two-faced, but I like looking at, looking at it as like two different perspectives on things or two sides of the same coin. You also have it in the Uranus Deccan and Uranus is the planet of like change, unpredictability, um, kind of like flipping the script on things. They're the planetary ruler of Aquarius. And so I get the sense that like, if you two wanted to one, radically flip the script from what your current sex lives look like, and two, you know, explore a new side of yourselves. I think it could work it really work well, out. but there would have to be that kind of desire. So if we leave our partners for each other, this could be great, <laughs> but okay. Exactly. Good to know we have a fallback plan that will work, More like, <laughs> that is going yeah. to work. I think you guys just got bored one day and wanted yeah. to like have a nice like, and this is cool like, I think it okay. could be great yeah great. it could be that, that first that first day that we actually finally meet in person in person yeah and then we're gonna be like really we were not the stars it was in the stars guys like it was not <laughs> That's that yeah. entirely conscious. We're gonna have to like tell our partners we need a hall pass. Yeah. <laughs> just in case. Just in just case the stars work decided to, okay. you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I don't Love it I don't this. see it being a don't bad hate situation. It. Yeah. And no ca catastrophic uh aftermath either because of all the other things <laughs> we have going for us. Nah, Love it. you guys will be good. We communicate too well for that kind of nonsense. Yeah, seriously. Okay, seriously. well, I oh, like having awesome. options. Options makes me excited. <laughs> we like variety. We like variety. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, also the cancer sign, like does anybody else, it looks like a 69, right? It does. Totally. Yeah. It does. I was always like, that must be a very sexual sign because it's a 69, but like cancer is not really that sexual, is it? It's a water sign, but it's not. I mean, all the signs are in different ways though, right? Yeah. So every sign is going to be sexual in their own way. It just depends on how you define it. Mm -hmm. um, cancer in general, so if we really want to dive into this, so cancer is what's called a cardinal sign. So cardinal signs are the initiators. They're like the go-getters, the self-starters. Um, and the cardinal signs are cancer, Libra, um, Capricorn, and Aries. And so cancer is you know, being a cardinal sign is very like, okay, I know what I want. I'm going to go get it. I have that initiative, but they are a water sign and they're ruled by the moon. So they're deeply feminine. So they're like, I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to kind of, you know, I'm going to kind of make some cues and say that this is what I want. And then I'm just going to step back and I'm going to receive and if it. If you don't take it, I'm going to be pissed. That is. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is everyone thinks of the water signs as like oh they're sweet and they're mellow and they can be but water can also be a tsunami oh, so yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah 
It's so interesting because I'm like, based on this new information, I'm just trying to make myself make sense. I just need to, um, I'll pay you and we'll go into mine by myself because I just, (laughs) I can't handle it. I'm like, because I have a cancer sun. So that's a cardinal sign. I'm a Capricorn rising. That's a cardinal sign. So I have two of those going on. And then I have all of this moon stuff, which makes total sense to me along with Gemini and everything else. But I'm just like, how I get out of the house without just like laying around orgasming all day is like beyond me. Like I just, it takes effort. It really takes effort. I'm just like, I have a lot working (laughs) I have a lot working here. I want to know more about this. I feel like it's going to answer some questions I have. (laughs) No, I would love to dive into your natal chart. That would be so fun. And then you'll have to do it for my child because I need to understand her the best. Mm -hmm. That was probably the most useful for me was actually doing a reading with Hannah with the girls and understanding them. And then from there, it was like, okay, now I have a blueprint on how to navigate this relationship with my kids coming from this perspective. And then as a mom, like just, it was probably the most helpful tool Mm -hmm. ever. And I'm a huge, like, even though I haven't done it yet, I'm a huge proponent of that. And it's something I've always had the intention to do because just like, I mean, everything else, like I have this knowing that there are mon- monster keys there, like for like multi-generational because mm-hmm. it's not lost on me that also my child is, you know, born in a sun sign that's an Aquarius. And then like my mother who I've had a hard relationship with her sun sign is Aquarius. And then my North node is an Aquarius. And I'm like, there's just so mm-hmm. again, there's a lot of things going on. There's lessons. <laughs> yeah. There's total lessons. So many you. lessons. It's so. funny because I will, I will talk crap about certain signs and I won't do it on air right now, but I do <laughs> in my private life. And yeah people always joke they're like you're gonna have a kid who comes back as one of those signs I'm like hell no 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 I will not accept it they're like uh-huh. work. they so choose you don't... so unfortunately for they you. choose you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately for you at least you've got you've got some aunties over here that'll help you with all that oh absolutely <laughs> 10 years please oh yeah minimum totally fine minimum yeah Waiting, yeah yeah wait for 30 to have a baby was like the best thing I ever did 100 yeah. percent. yeah yes 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 oh Oh, oh man, gosh. this was such a beautiful experience. Thank you so much, Hannah, yeah. for doing this. Of it's course. always like good to know. And then I'm like, oh yeah, this this makes perfect sense for us and everything that we do. You know, I I wanted to just kind of like give you the room to say anything that's like on your mind right now. Like if mm-hmm. there is something that's like just calling to you in terms of the realm of, you know, astrology or spirituality that you wish our audience could just know about you or about the work that you do, anything that comes to mind? Mm. You know, I don't know if this is going to fall too into like a different conversation, but I think, you know, in complete honesty, I've been feeling a lot of frustration with the spiritual community, the astrology community as of lately. I feel like we're in an age where, astrology and spirituality, especially modern day spirituality, has become widespread and more mainstream in a sense. And I think that's incredible. I think it's absolutely amazing to see so many people waking up and kind of coming into themselves and finding bliss and joy. And I think if astrology is the vessel to get you there, that is amazing. And I love it. And I'm so thrilled to hear that. But I think we're also in a time where spirituality is becoming less about our connection to source, the universe, you know, mother nature, God, whatever term you want to use, and more about what we can get from it, you know, manifesting large amounts of money, manifesting, you know, a dream partner. And, you know, not to say that you can't do those things, but I think I just want to leave kind of 
listeners on a reminder that this work can have a lot of amazing superficial benefits to it. And that's awesome and totally take advantage of those. But just remember that there is so much more to this work. And there are so many people who are fighting for this work to be seen in their community, to have representation for this work, and also to remind people that it's about the connection. It's not about what you can get from that connection. And I think that's something that's been really on my mind lately. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Says 70-year-old really Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Ooh. God, you're yeah. magical. It's so funny because when we, sometimes when we have conversations like this, I have this like, like the hostess facilitator in me is like, did we like cover enough? Do we like give, give enough value? Do we, you know, because we get, you get so, it's so you're passionate and exciting. And like, we're so present to the conversation. And I really feel like this was a a lunch and learn without lunch. So like Joe and I are just here, like we are here learning from you and hopefully Mm -hmm. all of you listening were able to learn through osmosis. Like we are just, we weren't really facilitators today. Like we Mm -hmm. were able to sit just under the wisdom of this beautiful, powerful woman and receive from her, which was so incredible. And I hope that that will inspire you to look her up and to, or if you have a connection with, you know, a magical astrologer who has trained in these traditions and in this wisdom, um, but definitely look up Hana and, and reach out to her, have her do this for you. I can tell you that all it's done is, um, awakened uh, an insatiable appetite uh, for so much more. I'm like, this is great, but I need to now understand everything about my husband and my child and like all of my lineage. So I'm going to be booking her out for the next like six months. So you should probably hurry up and uh, DM. we're going to give you links to everything. Um, Hannah, what is the best way? How do you prefer for people to contact you and get in touch with you about your work? Yeah. So, um, any social media is great. I'm everywhere at The Road to Hana, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok's The Road to Hana underscore because someone stole my username is pretending to be me. That's oh. a whole other story. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, my website is TikTok. <laughs> my, TikTok scares me. <laughs> like, TikTok is a weird place. It's a, it's very, a very weird, weird place. place. It feels like an unsafe it. place to me. I'm like, I get yeah, for me, I it feels feel unsafe. anxiety. I'm like, I don't mm. feel like I have enough control for setting boundaries and container. It feels like the fucking wild west. Like it just is so, yeah, I don't know. It gives me, I, I had an account for five days and I deleted my account. Like I not just got rid of it. I deleted my account because I'm like, I cannot be on here. I love creating content there. I just don't read the comments because I don't Mm. want to fight with teenagers. Yeah, 14 Mm. year olds. I'm like, why are you here? Where is your mother? I'm not talking to you. I'm never talking to you, okay? (laughs) Exactly. Oh my Um, goodness. And then my website is theroadtohana.com and you can find everything about me, my readings, book a session with me there. And if you have any questions, yeah, slide into my DMs. I love answering them and I love talking to people. Oh my God, mm-hmm. Hannah, you're a gift, an incredible, yeah. incredible gift. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Oh my gosh. Everything. Thank, Thank you. you guys so, so much for having me and for holding space for me in this conversation. This was absolutely amazing beyond words. And I'm just super, super grateful for you both. Mm, thanks. Thank you for coming on and just being the wise woman that you are. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you folks so much for listening. If this conversation tickled your fancy, opened your mind, or gave you permission to simply express yourself a little bit more authentically, 
share with a friend, rate us on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, or subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.